Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to South Coast Christian. We're so glad that you're joining us for our Easter services. And it's Resurrection Sunday. Come on, somebody. It's Easter Sunday. How cool is this? I remember just a year ago that we were supposed to be doing our grand opening for our remodel here at the church. And and we were all stuck at home on Easter Sunday watching the TV for church. And it was like, oh my goodness, you know, I wanted to get back to church. And it's so good to see all of you here today. And we want to welcome those who are also online. Thank you for being a part of South Coast Christian Day. We Come on, give our online audience a big applause. Come on. Every Sunday we have about 100, 150 people online watching and we're so grateful that you are a part of it. I've I've been seeing more people uh, that I don't even know that come to church and they've just been watching us online. All of a sudden they're appearing in church and I say, hey, welcome, are you new? He said, no, we've been watching online. I said, okay, cool. (laughs) Your pastor is learning new things every day. Come on, somebody. Um, Today we're starting a new series. I don't normally start a series on Easter Sunday, but I just felt compelled to do so. And it's entitled Limitless. And we're going to be walking through that for three weeks. For th- starting this Sunday and two more weeks, we'll be walking through this, this uh, series tied, entitled Limitless. It's really the idea of unlocking our potential, unlocking the power of God that resides in us. And how the power of God can lead us and direct our lives. Um, this past year, I think we can all agree that we have lived with a lot of limitations. I mean, we have, limit, we have been limited to, on our travel, we have been limited to our restaurants, we have been limited in, in all, we've been limited in our breathing, I mean, in all kinds of different areas, limitations on employment, on education, sports, the list goes on and on and on. And it's been a very interesting year, a very, a year that has seen a lot of limitations in our life, and this has affected many people in a variety of ways, I'm kind of talking about our series right now. On limitless. It's affected a lot of people in a variety of ways. But one of the greatest effects on people is mental health. It's been a struggle for many people just to walk through this thing. Through this pandemic, we have suffered a lot of losses. I mean, in fact, Annette and I will be going in about two weeks to Vegas to uh, celebrate uh, a, a, the life of a very, very good friend of mine who lost uh, his life to um, uh, COVID. And I just, I'm watching people leave. I forgot to announce. Uh, Jay, hi. Uh, you guys are dismissed. If you're still in here, you're welcome to, to, to go on out. There you go. Sorry about that. Eccles, you're welcome to go. There you go. Um, but uh, we've suffered a lot of losses. And loss of loved ones, loss of jobs. Some people have lost their businesses, relationships. Um, even the loss of entertainment that we've kind of enjoyed. All of a sudden, that's kind of been taken away. Travel. Uh, and, and what happens in our lives, it creates a lot of anxiety in us. Have you, any of you guys noticed that sometimes that you, all of a sudden you're just ticked off? <laughs> and you don't really know why? Why am I, why am I, it's just because I think so many things have changed this past year. And we've been kind of cooped up and, and then all of a sudden these things happen. And, and I want to share with you, uncontrolled anxiety will eventually lead you down a road to depression. It just does. And we need to learn how to combat this because this pandemic has caused many of us, and I want to catch this, I want to go somewhere with this. This pandemic has caused a lot of us 
for many of us to live in fear instead of choosing to live in faith. We put huge limitations on our lives because we are fearful of what might happen. Now, I'm not, decl- I'm not stating today that the pandemic is not real. I'm not stating that COVID is not real. I mean, I'm literally grieving a loss of someone that, that was lost to COVID. But what I'm talking about today is that we cannot allow what everything is happening around us to all of a sudden put a spirit of fear upon us. We can't be living our spiritual lives in fear. We can't be all of a sudden everything that we do is walking by fear instead of by faith. We can't, we can't allow that to happen. I read an article from the CDC that states people who are experiencing symptoms of anxiety and depression has increased by 40%. 40%. And the majority, a, a huge group of that is in the younger people. And that breaks my heart to see younger people who have their whole life to live for all of a sudden struggling with anxiety and struggling with depression. And this should concern us. It really should. It should be something that we're very concerned about. Because let me remind you of something. Fear is where the enemy resides. Faith is where God resides. When we choose to step into fear, what we're doing, we're opening the door. We're allowing, when we allow our, our spirit to all of a sudden have fear, we're allowing the enemy just to keep on creeping inside and say, I'm taking more and more control. And we need to say, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. I'm going to step out in faith because I know that, God, you reside in my faith. When I have faith in you, I can overcome all things. We're going somewhere today. So we got seatbelts, fasten them. Here we go. The Apostle Paul writes this to Timothy. The Apostle Paul was a mentor to this young man named Timothy. And he writes to him in 2 Timothy 1.7. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. The King James Version actually says "Sound a sound mind. He's given us, the Spirit of God has given us a sound mind. Have you ever prayed the mind of Christ over you? I have. When all of a sudden my thoughts just start going, I say, Lord, I rebuke that. I just pray right now, Lord God, you can take control of my thoughts. And the power of God can do that for you. I'm telling you right now, it can. You see, that sound mind is the idea that we're allowing God's spirit to lead our thoughts instead of allowing fear and doubt to lead our thoughts. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, it states, fearing people is a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. You want to find safety in your life? Put your faith in God. Throughout the Bible, we see references. And you can read throughout Scripture, through the Old Testament and the New Testament, where there's references where we're called not to live in fear, but we're called to live in faith. God told the Israelites, the nation of Israel, fear not. God told Joshua, fear not. God told Moses, do not be afraid. David wrote in Psalms 23, 4, one of the most famous scriptures of the Bible, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. In Psalms 27, verse 1, David writes, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I believe fear can be one of the greatest strongholds in a person's life. And this pandemic has kind of, I think it's affected all of us in certain ways. And Fear and unbelief will rob you of the potential that God has for your life. Because God is, I don't know if I I'd say this once in a while, but I feel like I need to say it to you today. God is crazy about you. He, he created you. 
could he not, have you ever created something? Have you ever worked on a car and we, we did a car up and made it look really shiny and really nice? Or, or maybe we're just redoing our house and we're new floors. And you start creating and you start falling in love with what you're doing. God created you. Do you all think that God is in love with you? He's crazy about you. So over the next three weeks, we're going to discuss how we can live a more abundant life in the power of God. And I hope that you will join us on this journey and just to unlock that potential that we've been kind of holding back off in life. Today, I want to talk about having the faith to believe. Say that with me. Having faith to believe. Say, having faith to believe. I believe it's the first step in unlocking the power of God over your life. Now, it wouldn't be Easter if we didn't talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? I mean, that's, we have to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. So I want to discuss how our faith in Jesus' resurrection represents the power of God over your life. I don't know, some of you today might not recognize that you, if you are a follower of Christ, if you've chosen to follow Jesus Christ, you have the very power of his spirit within you. And I want you to unlock that power in your life because he can help lead you and guide you through your life. There are many people in this world who believe in Jesus or believe in the name of Jesus. They believe that Jesus was a real person. They believe he was a, a prophet. They believe he was a great teacher. They believe that he did many wonderful things back in the day. They believe all those things. But they don't necessarily believe that Jesus is the son of God. They don't necessarily believe that he was actually resurrected from the dead. They, they just believe the other things. And, and it's hard for people to, to doubt the existence of Jesus because... You can find historical documents outside of the Bible that, that talk about Jesus. So there's, there's no doubt that Jesus was real, that Jesus was alive. But so many people just think that Jesus, you know, was that great community leader. He pumped everybody up. But they don't realize he, he was actually the son of God, the savior of the world. Yet here's the, the important thing. The apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, 9. I want you to catch this. That salvation comes by declaring with your mouth, with your mouth, with your lips, that Jesus is Lord. And believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Now why is that so important? Why did the Apostle Paul put that in the scripture? Why did Paul want us to understand that not only do you confess that Jesus is Lord, but that inside of you, that, that who you are, you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe our belief in Christ's resurrection is vital to our spiritual life. I believe it's actually so vital that it unlocks the power of God over our life. Catch this. Romans chapter 8. I say catch this all the time. If you're, not, if you're new with us, I'm so sorry. One time we had baseball mitts out here and I was throwing out thoughts and people were catching them. It was crazy. So I keep saying it. Um, it's going to always be. Catch this thought. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8, 11. It says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives within you. If you're a believer in Christ, the same power that actually brought Jesus, who was dead and in a tomb with a stone rolled away, that same power, he was crucified, he was hung on a cross, he was, he was speared in his side, that same power that raised him from the dead is the exact, the very same power that's living within you. Think about that. That's a crazy thought. You see, it's God's power within us that can give us strength. 
The reason the resurrection story is so important is that according to Scripture, we have been separated from God because of our sin. And it's Christ's sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection that all of a sudden brings us back into restoration with Jesus. That's why he came to earth, to die on the cross for our sins. The amazing part of this story is that Jesus, so many people thought that Jesus remained dead. He did not remain dead. He was resurrected on the third day. And he's our Savior. He was brought back to life by the power of God. Can we say this on this Easter Sunday? Can we say he is risen altogether? Can we say that together? Let's say it all together. One, two, three. He is risen. Indeed. I love it. Come on, somebody. You probably, some of you that are new, you came to the church, you go, what crazy church did I come to? I'm sorry. We don't apologize, though. So take back the sorry. We, don't, we love Jesus. So there you go. What does it mean for you and me? He is risen. Catch this. It means that sin did not overcome Jesus, but Jesus overcame sin and death. And if Jesus lives within us, then guess what? We have the same power to overcome sin and death in our life. We don't have to fear death because guess what? We don't have a spiritual death. We will live it for all of eternity in Jesus Christ. Amen? Today I want to take a few minutes and I want to share about a story that's found in the Bible. It's found in the Gospel of John. It's an interesting story. And I think you'll enjoy this story about the resurrection. It's Thomas's encounter with Jesus after Jesus was resurrected. If you don't know who Thomas is, Thomas was one of the disciples of Jesus. And I happen to share his name. My name is Thomas. Now, if anybody else, maybe you're watching us online, or if anybody else in the audience is named Thomas, you have the name Tom. I know at some point in your life, you have been called Doubting Thomas. I have. I remember in school I was. I remember, you know, oh, Doubting Thomas. Anytime you have any second thought, oh, yeah, that's why they named you Thomas, Doubting Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what? I'm tired of that stigma. Okay? And I want to break that today. I'm tired of Thomas getting a bad rap, and then I'm having to take that bad rap as well. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to just discover some things about Thomas and his encounter with Jesus' resurrection. My, my goal today is to help you discover the power of Christ's resurrection and to defend Thomas's character. Let's talk about where that statement comes from, doubting Thomas. It originates in a story that's found in the Gospel of John. And this account takes place after Jesus was resurrected. Now, all of the other disciples actually met Jesus on the very first encounter when Jesus appeared to his disciples the very first time. Everybody was there except for Thomas. And so we're going to read this account, John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound of his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, come here. Put your finger here and look at my hands. Hey, Thomas, come here. Put your hand into my wound into my side. Don't be faithless. Believe. 
Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today. And I pray, God, that today your word will once again penetrate our hearts and our lives. God, let it not just be words on a paper, but let it be your divine revelation to us. Let it affect each and every one of us, I pray today. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Let me share several thoughts with you today from this story that I believe will impact you and to help you just kind of discover more of God's power in your life. How many of you would like to have more power in your life? Raise your hand in faith. Amen. The first thought I want to share is that don't miss an opportunity to see Jesus. Don't miss an opportunity to see Jesus. It's difficult to receive a revelation from the Lord if you're absent. Kind of like that kid in class that's always absent. And then he's always asking you for, hey, what was told? What you? And this is Thomas. He happens to be absent on this day. We don't know why Thomas missed seeing Jesus on his first appearance, but he did. He was AWOL. And because Thomas was not with the other disciples, he was the only one who missed out on seeing Jesus. Have you ever felt in life that you were the one that was left out? Everybody else was chosen, but for some reason you missed out on that vacation. You missed out on that opportunity. You missed out on that job. You're the one. Well, guess what? Thomas is feeling pretty left out right now. I mean, he had walked with Jesus for three and a half years. And now all of a sudden, after Jesus' death, he's resurrected. And the disciples, his friends are telling him, we've seen Jesus. He goes, no way. No, we've seen Jesus. He doesn't believe him. I have to tell you. Thomas was kicking himself. You know it. Come on. And he might have had his doubts about, you know, what the other disciples had seen. But you know he's thinking, did I really miss Jesus? Thomas's mind was going a million miles a minute. Did I really miss my one opportunity to see Jesus again? Will I, will I get another chance? In those eight days, and when I talk about eight days, from the first appearance of Christ to his disciples... To the second appearance, there was eight days. In those eight days, I'm telling you right now, Thomas had the worst case of insomnia that you've ever experienced in your life. There was no sleeping. All he is, his mind is just running wild. And he didn't have the iPhone that he could plug his ears in. He didn't have anything to be able to help him. He didn't have any of the medicine that was going to put him to sleep. He was just, his mind was running. Thomas's story is a great reminder for you and for me not to be AWOL when Jesus appears. What do I mean? Notice that Jesus appeared to the disciples when they were gathering together. Is when they met together. They were praying. They were talking. They were, we don't know exactly, but they were coming together. and They were meeting together. And that's where all of a sudden Jesus appears to them. And so many times as I grew up in the church, as I've grown up at different times in life, I've seen some of the greatest miracles, some of the greatest play, things take place when the body of Christ comes together. And all of a sudden we worship God and the presence of God starts to move in people's lives. Because guess what? God inhabits the praises of his people. He does. When we gather together and we praise the Lord, he said, oh, I want to be in the midst of that. And so many times the greatest things happen when we're all gathered together worshiping the Lord. It reminds me of what Jesus says in Matthew 18, verse 20. He says, for where two or three are gathered in my name as followers, I am there among them. Something powerful that takes place. 
when we gather together in the presence of God. Don't miss that opportunity to experience God's presence. The second thought from this story that I'd like to share is that we need a personal revelation. Every person needs their own personal revelation with Jesus Christ. Because Thomas didn't believe the other disciples. He became known as what? Doubting Thomas. But let me pose this question to you. I don't necessarily know, if you think about it, if the other disciples were the ones that were left out. Let's say Matthew was the one that missed that opportunity. Or maybe it's Peter. Peter. Peter would never miss it. Let's go to someone else because Peter's always, yeah. But Matthew or, you know, John, maybe someone else John would have missed it because whatever. But let's say they would have missed that opportunity. Would they have a, the faith to believe if they hadn't seen it for themselves? See, we can't, I'm just trying to defend Thomas again. He's getting a bad rap on this thing. If you are a believer here today, sometimes we just assume, now catch this, because the disciples were trying to give a report or a testimony. We've seen Jesus. And so many times as believers, we just want to assume that if we share our testimony, if that, we, we, that we share a good report, that that should convince other people what we say. Hey, they, you should follow Jesus. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't share our testimony because I believe our testimony is really what can open up a door to, pers- to a person's heart to find Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. But catch this scripture in John chapter 6 verse 44. This is what Jesus says. He says, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them too. And I thought about that scripture so many times. We do the invitations. We share our testimony. Why? And we get angry at person. We have to say, why aren't they, why aren't they being a part? And you know what? The Bible says, unless the Lord, unless the Holy Spirit draws them. What would happen if we fall to our knees and we start praying for our friends? Start praying for our family. Start praying for those that we want all of a sudden to find Christ. Lord, draw them to you. Lord Jesus, I pray right now. All the, see, it's not, it's not one situation. It's not that we can do anything. It's only by the power of God. But it's not either or. It's both and. It's we doing our part to share the good news. And then God's doing his part all of a sudden to draw people unto him. See, I believe we all need a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. We might not receive a physical encounter like the disciples did, but we all need to have our own personal relationship with Jesus. That happens through spending time with Christ in prayer and spending time in his word. And all of a sudden, revelation starts to come. And when I say revelation, it's just a, a divine, a, a, an understanding that you would have never known without him and his presence in you. Think about the difficulties that the disciples faced when they carried the good news of Jesus from one place to the next. Because I believe having a personal relationship with Christ is what will carry us through. I've heard so many people say, man, if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, this whole COVID thing, man, it would have just destroyed. I, I am so grateful for my relationship with Christ because it helped them walk through this, this whole experience that we've had this last year. But think about the disciples. After Jesus' ascension, when he went up into heaven, they dispersed. They went out to every nation and they started sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were, cha- they were world changers, man. They were going out there and they were sharing the gospels of Jesus. And think of the difficulties that the disciples faced. They carried the good news from one place to the next in the extreme time of persecution. In fact, history states that most of the disciples were actually killed because of their belief 
and their testimony of Jesus. Now, I'm telling you right now, and mark this down that the pastor said this. I'm not going to sacrifice my life on the belief of someone else. There is no way I'm going to do that. I don't care. You can believe all you want. I'm not sacrificing my life on your belief. But I will sacrifice my life on my belief in Jesus, my own personal belief. Why are you sharing that, Pastor Tom? Some people don't know this. But every year around the world, there are Christians that are killed because of their faith. I'm not just saying, oh, you know, they happen to get killed on accident and then all of a sudden they get, no, no. They're actually killed because they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus, and in their country, if you make that confession, guess what? You're either persecuted or you're going to be killed because of your faith. And every year, people today, not 2,000 years ago in, in the New Testament, I'm talking about today, people all of a sudden are martyred for their faith. Do you think they would be willing to sacrifice their life because of another person's testimony? No, there's no way. They're willing to give up their life because they've had a divine encounter with a man named Jesus, the Son of God. They've had a divine encounter with his resurrection power, and it's been life-changing. And there is nothing in them that would ever deny their faith in Jesus Christ. Because all of a sudden, they've had that personal. That's why each and every one of us needs to have that personal relationship with God. Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. He says, and ask, or ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Have you been asking? Have you been seeking? Have you been knocking? Because you know what? Guess what? God wants to have a personal relationship with you. Third thought from Thomas's story. Let your doubt, and this is a cr- crazy thought, but let your doubt drive you towards Jesus. If you're here today and you've ever doubted God, and I think most of us at some point in our life, we've doubted. We've had our doubts. We've wondered, all those type of things. If you've doubted if Jesus was really the Son of God, then I encourage you to let those doubts drive you towards Jesus and not away from Jesus. Pastor Tom, what are you talking about? You see, there's a promise in the Bible is that if you seek me, you will find me. If you have doubts, start seeking Christ. If you have doubts, guess what? Start looking... What do you have to lose? You have a lot to lose on the other side. What do you really have to lose to all of a sudden start to seek Jesus for yourself? And his promise is, if you seek me, you will find. Sometimes pointing our doubts in the right direction will actually open us up to discovering the truth. And this is what's happening to Thomas. He had doubts, but it's pointing him in the right direction. Thomas's life was forever changed when he encountered the resurrected Jesus for himself. Thomas needed to have that first-hand experience. And again, God's promise in Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Today I challenge you, don't let your doubts lead you away from Jesus. Allow them to drive you to seek Jesus for yourself. Go after it. You know what? I have my questions, but I'm going to seek after God. The final thought that I want to share with you from this story um, is at some point, at some point in your life, we all have to be willing to step out in faith and believe. 
none of you are going to go to get to heaven unless you have the faith to step out and to believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrected Son of God. Going back to our story, Jesus enters the room where the disciples were meeting. This is the second time that he's entered into the room. And it says in Scripture that the doors were closed or that the doors were locked. And all of a sudden, Jesus just appears. How freaky would that be? All of a sudden, Jesus just appears inside of you and, and he starts to talk to you. And I love what happens next in this story. Because I love how Jesus approaches, approaches Thomas. Jesus knew Thomas was struggling with unbelief. But he doesn't embarrass him. He doesn't embarrass Thomas. He just, Jesus actually says, peace be with you. And this greeting in the Greek, peace be with you, is the kindest and warmest greeting that you could give another person. In fact, if you look it up in the Greek, it's actually the more complete meaning of it is all peace in all ways at all times be with you. Jesus didn't embarrass or humiliate Thomas. Instead, he gave Thomas, catch this, instead he gave Thomas what he needed so that he could believe. Remember what Thomas told the disciples when all of a sudden all the guys were all excited. They're running around talking, you can't believe it, we've seen Jesus. And Thomas is thinking, what? No, we've seen Jesus. I don't believe it. And he says, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound of his side. Jesus heard what Thomas had requested. He knew what Thomas needed to believe. Do you know what? Jesus knows what you need to believe. He knows what it's going to take for you to take a step over that threshold and go from doubt and fear and step into faith and believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that God gives us all what we need to believe. Now catch this. God doesn't always give us what we want. There's a big difference there. God gives us what we need. There has to be some faith in you to believe. I'm just saying. I remember one of my first experiences to really discover the presence of God in my life. To kind of know that God was real. Was I was 15 years old and all of a sudden I had a big growth on my neck. It was not the size of a baseball, but it was probably between a baseball and a golf ball. It was big enough that it was stretching my face back. It was on the side of my neck. They didn't know what it was. I, we had biopsies on it and that kind of stuff. And so they were contemplating surgery, and they were going to have to do surgery on this thing and remove it. And it was a hard mass. And um, I remember my, my parents were praying. The church was praying. And one night, all of a sudden, it, I don't go into the details. One night, all of a sudden, this whole thing just drained out miraculously. It was gone. Doctors couldn't believe it. It just drained out. And uh, I remember in that moment, being so close to God as a teenager, just kind of held in his presence. And I remember thinking, God, you are real. You see, God gave me just enough so that I would have enough so I could have my faith enough to believe. And God will do that through your life. But at some point, you have to step out in faith. And you say, yeah, God, I hear you. I see you, I sense you, I follow you. It was now time for Thomas to believe. Jesus tells Thomas, because he knew what he needed. Hey, Thomas, put your fingers in my hand. Come here. Go ahead, Thomas, put your fingers in my hand. Hey, Thomas, let me see your hand. You know where that spear was pierced into my side? Come on, put your hand. 
And Thomas, or Jesus says to Thomas, some powerful words. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Don't be faithless any longer, Thomas. Believe. And then all of a sudden, I believe what happened was the presence of God right there. Jesus is right there. All of a sudden, just overwhelmed him. He says, my Lord and my God. He recognized Jesus. He saw Jesus standing right in front of him. It wasn't just a response of excitement. It was really a response of exclamation point. you got to understand, when Thomas said, my Lord and my God, during those times under the persecution that they were facing, for him to declare Jesus as Lord and God, and God, it was an opportunity for the Roman government to persecute him. I mean, he could have been, he could have been crucified as well for believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. It wasn't just excitement. It was an exclamation point of faith. My Lord and my God. I don't believe that Thomas was fearful. So let's clear Thomas's name right there. Okay? I don't believe he was fe- fearful. I just believe he was struggling with doubts. That's okay. If your doubts lead you to Jesus. It's okay. The reason I know that Thomas isn't fearful, because in John 11, when all of a sudden Jesus comes to the disciples, he says, hey guys, we need to go back to Judea. I need, we need to go see our friend Lazarus. He's asleep. I think that's what the scripture says. It's, it's in the Bible says this, he's asleep. Jesus meaning he's dead. The disciples think he's sleeping. And Jesus goes, no, 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 he's dead. We need to go back to Judea. And none of the disciples wanted to go. They said, no, 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 we don't want to go. Why didn't they want to go? Because just a few days before, when all of a sudden Jesus and the disciples were in Judea, people were trying to stone Jesus. And so they were fearful. They were afraid for Jesus' life, maybe for their own life. But you know who was the one disciple that stepped up to the plate? It was Thomas. Read it for yourself. Thomas. The the person that's been accused of being doubtful and fearful for all these years. And I've had to live with that. He says these powerful words. He says, let's go to and die with Jesus. See, that's the part I want to remember about Thomas. He wasn't afraid. He just had doubts. And Jesus gave Thomas what he needed to believe. You know, according to church history, Thomas took the gospel all over India. When the disciples dispersed and they went to all the different countries, Thomas headed to India. And he shared the gospel. We don't, know how, we don't have any count of how many people he saved. We don't have any count of all the churches that were planted. But we do know that Thomas's burial is in India. His tomb is in India because he gave his life right there in India. In fact, according to church history, Thomas's words found in John chapter 11, verse 6, or verse 16, let's go to and die with Jesus, came true. He became one of the martyrs for Jesus Christ. Now, you tell me what made the change in Thomas's life from a person who was doubting to a person who was so filled with faith that he was willing to die for Jesus. I believe it was the resurrected, resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He tapped into who Jesus was in his life and it comp- propelled him into what God was calling him to the He went past any limitations. He went past any limits that were put on his life. He said, yeah, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. 
if you truly want to experience a limitless life, a life abounding in God's power, then take a step of faith and believe in His resurrection power because it's His resurrection power that will set you free. Amen? Will you bow your heads with me today? I just want to pray for just a moment as the worship team comes back up. If you're watching us online, go ahead and just right there online in your living room or wherever you're watching, just bow your heads with us today. This is Easter Sunday. It's a special day. The power of His resurrection, that's what we're celebrating today. Lord, we thank You for Your Word today. We thank You that Your Word, Lord God, impacts our life. When we apply it, it can start to change us. And I pray for every person that's here today. Lord, that Your resurrection power Lord God, will just fill them. I pray that your spirit would fill them, Lord God, with abundant love and abundant faith in Jesus' name. And I have two things I want to share just while your heads are bowed for just a moment. And I just want you to contemplate these thoughts. The first thing is this. If you're sitting here or you're watching this online and you, you've had doubts in your life, then I want to ask you today to take those doubts and allow those doubts to lead you to Jesus. I want you to go seek because the the Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me. That's the first. But then there's others that are sitting here today or watching and you've had an experience with God. You know God is real. You just haven't taken the taking the step of faith and I want to make this declaration over you just like Jesus made this declaration over Thomas he said hey Thomas stop being faithless believe stop doubting Thomas believe for some of you today it's time to believe it's time to take that step of faith because God's been calling you you just haven't chosen And I'm telling you right now, you are chosen, and you can follow after Jesus Christ today. If you're here today on this Easter Sunday and you want to make that commitment, I am going to ask you just to raise your hand real high. Because we want to say a prayer at the end, and uh, we're going to say it all together. And if you're here today and you want to say, yeah, Pastor Tom, I want to make that step of faith and to believe. And if you're watching us online, if you want to make that choice, just in the chat room, just say, yeah, I'm choosing to believe today every head bowed, eyes closed for just a minute out of respect, anybody here want to make that choice I want to say this prayer all together today, each and every one of us will you say it loud with me, Lord Jesus today I choose to believe in you I choose to follow you I surrender to my own ways and I surrender to you Forgive me my sins. Set me free, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Isn't God good? Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. 
thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.